Today's scripture reading comes from Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 15. That's Genesis chapter, uh, book of Genesis chapter 18, verses 1 through 15. Please rise for the reading of God's word. Hear now the word of the Lord. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed and then go on your way, now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said. Get three sayas of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the Lord and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set those, these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife Sarah, they asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, Yes, you did laugh. This is the word of the Lord. It's good to see everybody here, and welcome to our service. Uh, it's good to see old faces and new faces. Like, literally, faces have gotten older and you're back, so old faces, very, very welcome. And new faces. Uh, I just want to make some special announcements before we move on, and that is we have a congregational meeting right after the service, and it's to pass our quarter four budget. Um, we want to go independent. And so for that to happen, we want to change our calendar fiscal year starting January. We used to start in October. So we're just going to pass a preliminary budget for quarter four. So if you can stay after and vote uh, to pass it, that would be really awesome. Uh, also, we have some guests visiting us. Um, they are from the Bruderhof community. I visited them a few weeks ago, and they live in an awesome, awesome place. Um, just beautiful uh, nature everywhere and we want to as a church have a relationship with them uh, they have I've read they have over 2700 people worldwide in four continents uh, where they have these various communities I think 27 currently and um, they're visiting us today but could you maybe rise and show us who you are and then we can welcome you so let's welcome the Bruderhof community Welcome. And um, I do believe that in November, we're inviting one of their elders to come and give a word for us. When I went there, I got to say, I think I had the best spaghetti and meatball. I, I think so. I, I was just raving about it to, to, the people, to our hosts. I was like, this is so good. It's so simple, and yet it's so fresh. You could taste 
I, I, I think I raved about it for like an hour. It was so good. Uh, but um, we want to continue to have a relationship. Afterwards, they do have books for us if you're interested or want to learn more about them in the back. Um, I also wanted to say that after our um, congregational meeting, we'll have our first, in a long time, family community group. So if you do have children or you don't have children, if you're a family, married, please join us. It's going to be in the KM Youth Chapel right next door. Uh, we are on our, oh, one more, I'm sorry, one more announcement, is that on October 16th, we're going to have an all-churchwide congregational vote to leave PCUSA. For that to happen, we're going to give you more details, but if you want to know more, you're free to come and talk to me or any of the deacons or pastors. But for that to happen, we're going to have our worship here at 11 o'clock. So on October 16th, it's at 11 o'clock in this chapel. Not 12, but 11. So I'm, we're going on with our book of Genesis. It's been exciting. We're seeing a lot of exciting things that God is doing and how God is doing it. And I hope that your eyes are being opened to see the character of who God is and how awesome he truly is and how he works in his people. Uh, today, I just want to invite... Um, some special guests to share their testimony with us. So I want to invite the Yangs up here. Could we just give them a warm welcome? <clears throat> Hi. Hi. I was here. <laughs> so... We're going to do this a little differently today, and we're going to kind of have an interview style. Uh, they'll each have a mic, and they brought Calvin up with them. Hope Calvin can be Hopefully. okay. That's Calvin with the very trendy shirt. So I don't know if everybody knows who you are, but I do know that you've been an integral part of our church family for many, many years, and... Um, you have served, well, Michael, this is Michael and this is Christine. Michael has served on the deacon board for the last three years. And now, um, you know, they have Calvin with him. <laughs> but could you maybe tell us a little bit about yourselves? How would you both end up finding each other? And maybe a little history before we start, right? <laughs> if that's okay. Because no not everybody knows, right? So. Sure. Um, so the story that... The PC story is that Pastor Esther's <laughs> sister, uh, Linda, actually introduced us because Christine grew up with Linda both in high school and college, so they were very close. But in the spirit of being very open today, uh, we actually met at a bar um, <laughs> through, through mutual friends, um, and then we met again through Linda, so Linda does get the credit for it. Uh, we met um, end of our junior year in college, started dating then, dated a few years, and then we got married um, at 25. And, uh, I mean, we've been attending Pilgrim since, uh, more or less, since we graduated school. So it's been quite a while now. Um, and then that's, that's how we met. It's been, we just celebrated our seven-year anniversary. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. So moving on, and um, this is kind of light, in the light of the passage that we read today. Uh, last week I talked about, in the Bible, barrenness is equated with hopelessness. 
And we believe that's an effective metaphor even today because barrenness shows us there's no human power to invent the future. But I was wondering if that resonated with you and how so? Sure, so I'll, I'll start with a, with a little background uh, about, about our story. It's a little bit related to, to Abraham and Sarah. Um, actually, in 2011, um, through, through some intercess, intercessory prayer, uh, God had promised us that we would, uh, we would have a child. Um, and as much as, as I'm sure Abraham, when he first was promised it, uh, he was very excited. We were very excited um, about that promise and you know, looking forward to it. Um, and, then, uh, and then a year passed by, uh, nothing, nothing much happened. Um, but it was just the first year that we, were, we started trying to have a, have a child. Um, and then another year passed by, uh, I think month by month, uh, just got a little bit harder mm-hmm. as, as we were going along. Um, and then he, I think probably in the middle of the second year towards to the third year, um, I mean, it just got difficult. And from a husband's perspective, difficult to support, uh, support my wife through that, not knowing exactly what she's going through. And I think everywhere, everywhere we went, it was just difficult. Even, even coming to church on Sundays was very difficult. Um, you know, social media is very difficult, seeing everybody. We were at that ripe age of a lot of uh, friends having children. Um, but, you know, coming to a Korean church, having a very frank Korean people coming up to Christine and telling her she needs to have a baby soon because she's getting old. Um, and, and just not knowing the story. And I think, you know, even people, people here um, in, in a very caring manner, and, and I'm sure, uh, but just always asking us, you know, well, when, when are you guys planning to have kids? And it's just such a difficult topic, I think, to be open about. And one of the reasons why we wanted to share this story, just because we, we do want this to be a little bit, be able to be more open and, and hear other people's stories and how, how it's not easy for everybody. Um, and then, and then the third year, the third year came along, and, and that's, that's when it happened. Uh, I, I still remember it. Um, uh, Christine was having stomach, stomach aches, and she's had stomach uh, problems before, but she was having a very bad stomach ache. And so we went to the doctor, and, and we thought it, it was um, appendicitis. Appen- yes, appendicitis. So she called in sick that day, and she was having trouble breathing. And, um, and then and in that night, um, it was late at night, um, she said, I, I, I can't breathe. i got to go to the ER. Um, she was just, I remember she was on the floor, and she think, she's like, I think my appendix burst. I was like, okay. Uh, let's go to ER, and um, and we went to ER, and, and she was she was there, she was lying there, and then the, the doctor came in, and and she asked us, she's like, are, are you pregnant? And you know, it's been three years since we've been trying, so to us, it was like, no, absolutely not. I mean, there's no signs and of, of us getting pregnant, so we were like, no, not that we know of. And um, and they did some tests, and they said you were pregnant, and um, and she she had an ectopic pregnancy which I didn't know until this night, um, was when the, the egg gets caught in the fallopian tube and it bursts, right? So, so they said, you have to go into surgery immediately. Um, and so she went into surgery. And, um, and I remember from my perspective, it was late at night. Um, and we, we had gone through quite a bit at, during, during that time in our lives. And especially with this, uh, I was sitting there in the waiting room and I prayed to God. I said, uh, "God, you know, this is this is enough. Uh, you you can do whatever you you need or want to me, but but, but please don't hurt my wife anymore. She can't. 
um, I, don't, I just don't want her going through it anymore. And I remember him responding to me that night, <laughs> saying, but Michael, she's not yours. She's mine, and I need her to go through this. And, and that, to me, is hopelessness. Um, because at that point, as a husband, as a man, as, as a God-fearing man, believing God, I knew he was right. And just to have to stand on the side and watch, watch her go through this and, um, and not knowing what was next in sight, um, all I could do was pray at that time. And uh, to me, that was hopelessness because there was nothing I could do, nothing, no human I could turn to that, that I thought could bring us out of this. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I, know, I know that you guys have a very powerful testimony. And um, just, I know you have more to share, so maybe you can kind of share, uh, Christine, uh, some of the steps that you took or how you faced it yourself. So I was, I started coming up being like, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to try really hard not to cry, and then he does this. So. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so, yeah, it's everything Mike said. It's just, from a woman's perspective, I guess it's, it's such a hard struggle because it's, it's something so private and feels like kind of like a secret that you don't want to share with anybody else. But I realize in the end it doesn't have to be because so many people I realize more and more are like go through the same struggle and it's just it really is a time where you feel hopeless because there's not much you can do. Um, basically, at first it was like, oh, we're still young, we'll figure it out, and then a year passed, and then it became like, oh, maybe we should start doing something about this, and then it turned into a series of going to doctors and doing all this testing, and... Um, they I said think, nothing, was, nothing was wrong. Yeah, they were like, nothing's wrong. Um, Nothing was wrong. It's just like time will tell. And then it just, I mean, three years basically went by. And I think, I mean, I think now I'm going out of the order of questions. <laughs> but, but like for me, this time period was just, was like I look back on it as like such an important time in my life because I think about, like how I started off being like, oh, it's okay. And then the more and more serious it got, the more like hope I started to lose. And the more like it became a problem that started just like over, like taking over my life. Like it was always on my mind and it became like all consuming, which is horrible. Um, and, but I think the interesting thing about that is that because I was at a point of hopelessness, like it just brought me to my knees with God. And like, I've never, I've always felt like I've had a relationship with God, but like, and he weaved in and out of my life, but he always felt kind of like over me, watching over me, being a part of my life. But he never, I realize now, like he never felt that close. Like I never felt like he was like right here with me. And I really felt like, um, like during that last year, like that during that second year, um, he started being like, pray, Christine, pray. There's nothing else you can do except pray. And um, every morning 
Um, thankfully, I worked next to um, St. Patrick's Cathedral. So every morning, I went in to pray with God. And every morning, um, like, he literally brought me to my knees. Because in, in, the, in the Catholic churches, they have these, like, pews where you kneel. And, like, I don't usually pray like that. But it literally brought me to my knees to, like, sit there and pray to God. And, like, that is when he taught me how to pray. Like, he taught me how to pray. He, like wept with me, he like gave me pep talks, like every day what I needed, he gave me. And I think that that's when God came, became so real to me. Um, And like in a weird way, like I don't know how this happened, but every day when I was ending my prayer, I started finishing with the same thing. And it was like this random mix of like a song and like passage, but it was, I would always pray God, give me strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. May the joy of the Lord be my strength, um, my rock and my redeemer, amen. And like just saying that every day gave me like hope because like I needed the strength every day. Like it's hard to explain, but like I needed it. I needed just to say that. I needed for me to say I need that bright hope for tomorrow and that God is like my foundation. He is my rock and that he has given us this promise, and that he is faithful. And um, every day I'd walk out, and I found my, I'd I'd be walking to Starbucks, (laughs) and I found myself humming to myself um, the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And like, it just, it's weird that in this time of like hopelessness, that like, that is what God was bringing to my lips. And like, I think that's what at the time I needed. Thank you. Uh, You you did share about some of the things that you both faced, and it was really difficult. But could you maybe share about how that turned one day, um, and there was uh, maybe an answer to that prayer? Well, obviously, we have an answer right here, but but when when did that turn for you? Um, Yeah, it was was, was actually the following month um, uh, when when Calvin was... uh, when Christine got pregnant again, um, I mean, I think, you know, taking a, a step back was uh, what, what helped us get through so much of that and even even through the difficult times was the support that we received um, through the church. Uh, we were we were hosting prayer group at the time uh, at our, our house and uh, just knowing that everybody there knew what we were struggling with. Um, it, it also happened to be the time we were um, doing Pilgrim Manhattan uh, so uh, with Pastor Eugene and Pastor Esther, uh, there was just a lot of time in prayer. And I think knowing that people were with us, um, there together praying, uh, it just felt, it was very comforting, I think, to know, not knowing that we weren't the only ones just praying. And it wasn't just by our power that God was going to answer our prayers. It was by everybody's, um, everybody's prayers that God was going to hear us. Um, but yeah, um, the, the following month is when, when everything turned. Uh, our, 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 Tyler, our, our aunt, that, um, so I think the ectopic happened on Monday. Uh, that Sunday was actually when, um, I was installed as a deacon and Christine was there and it was funny. She was, she was crying all, all service and people were like, oh wow, Christine's really moved because Michael is becoming a deacon. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. Um, but, but nobody, nobody knew that what she had just, just gone through and, and, um, 
and kind of, you know, even, even being installed as a deacon, in my head, I was, I was thinking, God, I'm, I'll, I'll continue to serve you um, regardless of the situations. That, that's a promise I make, uh, but this is, this is hard. Um, and then um, surely quick enough, things, things turn. Yeah, and it's interesting how things turned out because after that ectopic, like, I kind of had lost all hope for having a kid. Because basically what happens is, like, I lost a fallopian tube, and if you guys know biology, you kind of, you have two, but you need it to, like, have a baby. And so I was actually thinking, like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be even harder to have a child now. I probably will not have one. Um, And, like, Mike even saw it in my face. He was like, you just look like you've lost all hope. Like, don't do this. And I was kind of like, how could God make me go through this? Like, how could... Like, if he had promised us a child, like, what is this in the process, you know? And I think I've always heard, like, people say, God will give you only as much as you can handle. And, you know, I think at that point, God had looked at us and said, like, I think my story with you guys is done. Like, and literally the next month I got pregnant with Calvin and, like, it's... Even, like, the doctors were like, oh, my gosh, like, that's amazing. Like, you recovered so quickly because they were like, you know, you probably need time for yourself to heal. And, like, you could probably start trying again in a few months. And then, like, it just kind of happened. And I think, like, praise God. Um, <laughs> his timing is perfect. And um, sometimes when I, like, look back, like, I... It, it, Calvin ended up being a C-section baby, too, and so, like, I have a lot of scars, like, physical scars, and, like, they're a reminder every day of, like, God's faithfulness, Um, and, like, I literally think he didn't want me to forget, like, he didn't want me to forget, like, all of this that we went through, and he was just like, I need to make this crazy, (laughs) just so you never forget, and that, like, I think this will be a theme throughout the rest of our life, like, waiting and being patient with God and, like, trusting in his timing and, like, always having hope. Thank you. Uh, Maybe you can share something to someone out there who's also struggling similarly with what uh, you've gone through. So I would say don't give up hope. (laughs) Um... I would say that God is your your best friend that like you can't talk about it with some other people and like God will be there for you and he will give you hope if you ask for it and he will give you strength. Um, I distinctly remember like some of my hardest times like I would be praying and I would just be crying like there were no words and like I could literally see in my mind as I was praying, I could see God like towering over me and weeping with me. And I still remember like seeing that imagery in my mind like several times when I have hit my lowest. And like to me, like those times are so comforting that I could just sit there and like cry at his feet and that he was weeping with me and I wasn't alone that he understood it and like he had a plan but 
he had to see me go through this and he was with me always and it was together. Um, so I would say that like, lean on God. Um, he will reveal things to you. He will give you strength and he will give you hope um, when you need it. Um, I think, I guess one, one thing is as a, as a family or um, just try to find support. Um, I think there are people, you're, you're not alone. It's, I think it's hard for a lot of women. I feel like it's just harder and harder these days too. And um, to be able to share that with people and to have people praying, I think that was huge, huge for us. And, uh, and for husbands, I mean, I think the, um, I would just say to, to pray. Uh, I think that's the best way we can support our wives is to, to pray for them. Um, there's very little that we can say and understand uh, what they're going through. But I think um, to just to pray for them and to not, not, not let them give up hope, uh, to know that, you know, our hope is in God. Um, you know, just to keep uh, the spirit of realness here, uh, you know, there are people that we know of that uh, can't have babies. Uh, maybe even extend that, um, you know, share something. What would you have to say uh, to people that have those questions or going, are going through that struggle? I mean, I honestly don't know what to say. I almost, I feel like when I think about like my journey, I know God carried me through everything. And I know that like there was a chance that we would never have children. And like I really believe if that were the case for us, like God would have carried me through somehow and God would have given me a hope in, in maybe something else or in, I don't know, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think I don't know is the right answer um, just because, you know, even somebody who were to go through something similar to us, everybody's uh, journey is so unique and, uh, and we would never dare to um, say, you know, we know exactly what you're going through because I think everybody experiences it differently. Um, but, but I think, again, just, I just go back to one praying, but also uh, finding the support out there. And, you know, when we were facing the fears of maybe maybe this is it, maybe it's just us two, and how do we, um, you know, how, what is life going to look like? I think, for me, I, I looked up to people, um, people that I knew, and people within this, who were part of this church before, like Pastor Pat and, and John Schneider, and, and seeing their, their lives, and I think that was, that was inspiring to me, and knowing that God is good, and, um, you know, their life isn't just about uh, having, having a kid, and um, doing what you feel like God uh, has called you to do. So I think uh, continuing to find that support um, is very helpful. Yeah. I mean, as a church, we're called to um, mourn with you and to celebrate with you. And I think um, Calvin is a cause for celebration. But I was just curious, maybe you can share with the rest of us why you called him Calvin. I, I know it's not in the questions, but yeah. <laughs> um, so Christine was vetoing every name I threw out there um, it was because he was like proposing Ephraim <laughs> and what I I don't even know similar 
Um, I, it just happened to be at the time I was, um, I was, I was reading about uh, John Calvin and, and, uh, and, and his life, and um, I think it's just, uh, I was very inspired by his, his biography and, and his writings, and, and also um, it was, I want to say, at the peak of Calvin Johnson's uh, career. So I was like... <laughs> It's like uh, this. This is a, this is a cool name. Everybody I know, Calvin sounds pretty cool. Um, so yeah, Christine okayed it. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, you know, I think I just want to pray for you guys. Oh, if that's can I okay. say one more thing? Oh yeah, sure. Actually, sorry. Um, so like I thought about like Calvin and how much he loves church now, and like it makes me like. During that whole time period, there were people who, like, who suffered with us, like, who prayed for us, who cried with us, and who, like, saw us suffer and prayed for us. And I think I'm just so grateful for those people. And also, like, when I see them hang out with Calvin and play with Calvin, I see so much joy in their face because they can see in him, like, what prayer went into him, um, that he was a, um, like a miracle child when the odds were against us and that they rejoice with us. And I think like to me, like that feels so special. And the fact that like he loves church so much, like just solidifies that for me. And it just, and I'm just thankful for all of you and your love always for watching him go crazy, run around and play with him. <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, and to maybe go back to that last question a little bit too, um, I feel that very few of us, if any of us, will actually see God's fulfilled promise, um, his complete promise in, in our lifetime. And, and I think you see it all throughout the Bible. Uh, nobody actually really sees God's, um, what God promised them. And even Abraham, as we go through his story, that he, he didn't see the generations of the generations that came and that God promised him. Um, but, but I think it's to understand that it's really the, the story that matters and to share that story with everybody. Um, one hymn that was really big, big to me during this time was, um, the, this is my story, this, this is my song, uh, praising my Savior all the day long. And, and I found myself, as, as the story continued on, um, find myself singing it's this is this is your story this is your song praising my savior all the day long and i think we have to make it god's story because that's that's where it gets exciting um against all odds and you know i think even even with christine he he was saying three years isn't enough for my glory i need i need the odds more stacked against me because i want i want this story to give me glory and so we, we are very honored uh, to be able to share that story um here today and I think, you know, as the hymn continues, you know, with perfect submission, all is at rest. Um, you know, God doesn't want his story to be good. Uh, God wants his story to be great. And, um, and I think for us, for you, uh, for the church, even this church, as we look to independence, that um, God really wants us to be great. So, um, so just think about that story and how God's building that story in your life and, and share that with the church. Can we pray for them together? And um, just as I shared their story, it's really God's story. And it's really a, a time that we can give glory to God. And so why don't we lift up the Yang family, uh, give praise to him for what he has done and the powerful testimony of his goodness uh, through 
um, what they went through, and eventually what we see now. But let's just take this time to pray. And so, Lord, we thank you for Michael and Christine. We thank you, God, that you never let them go. Through the darkest of times, it wasn't just a metaphor for poetic reasons, Lord God. They literally went through the darkest of times, and you still didn't let them go. Lord, we know that you are the one that is faithful. You are the one that stands closer than a brother. You are the one that will see your people through. And we give you praise for that. We honor you for that. Lord, we give you all the glory for that. We know that Calvin is an answer to our prayer. That, Lord, you have shown kindness and mercy and grace upon this family. But Lord, we also ask that you would be with all those who are also struggling in their many areas of life. Lord, we ask that you would not let them go, that you would stand closer to them just as you stood close to Michael and Christine. We ask God that you would place your hand upon every single person that needs your touch today and that you would show us that, Lord, your story is great and you choose to use us to make it great. We thank you, Lord, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I just want to say a few last things before we close, and that is in this passage, in this exposition uh, that we see here, Abraham saw three men. And he knew it was God. He says, my Lord. In the NIV, it says, my Lord, lowercase, but we believe that that's a mistranslation. In the ESV, it'll have the capital L. If you look at the Hebrew, it's Adonai, which means Lord. And so Abraham saw that God was there, and so he went to Sarah. Sarah, why don't you do all these things? We'll be as hospitable as we can. And then God does promise that Isaac will come. God promises that he'll have a child still. But you see, God literally went to him directly and with himself. He didn't send any other messenger. He went himself. And this is a great promise that we've been given. The promise, the promise that we're looking to isn't Isaac. So people can mistake this story. People can mistake this testimony as this is about Isaac. This is about Calvin. But if you were listening carefully, it wasn't about Isaac. It wasn't about Calvin. Calvin is an incredible blessing. It's a miracle. Isaac was a miracle. But the more incredible thing that we are to know, that we are to receive from the story, is that God himself went and spent time with Michael with Christine, with Abraham, and with Sarah. The greatest get is God. 
This is the most amazing promise we have in the Bible. You know, Isaac is awesome. Calvin is awesome. There is no doubt about that. You know, if you're sick, healing is awesome. You know, if you need financial help, financial aid, help is awesome. If you need direction, direction is great. But if you put that on top, and this is my ultimate priority, what we do is we make that God. And because God loved Michael and Christine so much, he showed them, I am here for you no matter what. No matter what. We are not to worship the byproducts of who God is. After we know God, we do have all these blessings, and we worship God for them. We thank him for it. These blessings are great, but the greatest blessing is that we get to spend time with the creator. We get to spend time with the ultimate author of the universe, of our story. He is the one that came out from heaven and came to us and gave us himself. That's the greatest get. That is the greatest part of this story. No matter how hopeless it may seem, God promises that he is with us, that he is with you, and that he will be with you. You need strength, and Christine said it so poignantly. You know, it feels like God won't test us beyond what we can't do. And I gotta say, it's so true because we, we would just die. We would just die. But doesn't it always seem like God tests us beyond what we can't do? Because he wants to show us that what we can't do, he will do. What we can't complete, he will complete. And so he is here with you now. And I want to invite you into a time of prayer too. Let's pray together. Let's offer up this time to the Lord you know, God is with us. God is for us. And in the Bible it says, if God is for us, what can be against us? Nothing. No power. No angel or demon. No byproduct of who he is can take us away from who he is. Take us away from our relationship with God. And God wants to meet with you now. And he wants a deep, and profound relationship with you. So let's offer this time to the Lord. And if there's anything that we have to offer to him, maybe it's our hearts. Maybe it's our confusion. Maybe it's, it is our directionless. Maybe it is our hopelessness. But we got to lift that to the Lord and ask God to come and fill that need, that space with himself. There's nothing else that can fill it. Let's pray. And Lord, we thank you for the wonderful testimony that we've heard through Michael and Christine. Well, we also confess that many of us, we are going through things similar. We are also going through dark times. And as a church, we want to stand by 
each and every single person that's going through a dark and deep valley. We ask God that more than what we can do, we want to offer prayer because we know that, Lord, you will stand beside them. That even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with us. You are with each and every single one of your children. And so, Lord, we ask for your comfort. We ask for your healing, yes. But most of all, Lord, we ask for you. Lord, be with your people. Be with us now. In Jesus' name we pray.